Hello, and welcome to the Digital Workspace Works podcast. I'm Ryan Purvis, your host, supported by our producer Heather Bicknell. In this series, you'll hear stories and opinions from experts in the field, stories from the front lines, the problems they face and how they solve them, the areas they're focused on from technology, people and processes, to the approaches they took that will help you to get to the scripts for the digital workspace inner workings. Yeah, it's been good. It's been good. I um I did a a, a, a recording with a friend of mine, John, um, who you'll you'll see his recording now in the pending folder. Um, he's the guy who really convinced me over time to go the Apple route. Um, so we had quite a good discussion about a few things today. Um, so yeah, it's been a good day. I'm still fighting a cold, so if I sound a bit gravelly, it's because of that. Um, but other than that, all good. How are things with you? Uh, yeah, pretty good. Nothing, uh, just, just, uh, typical busyness, but otherwise, um, yeah, not too much, nothing to complain about. That's good. Well, I always say don't complain because no one cares. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I try, I try to limit that. <laughs> it's also just yeah, that I- you get stuck in it and it's not fun, so. Well, I was going to say, there's actually there's science that says if you if you complain, you become everything becomes a problem. Whereas if you if you try not if you focus on the positives, everything becomes a positive. So, um, yeah, yeah. I'm not complaining. So. Yeah, the, the mind is so powerful. I know. I have had, I've like you know, I've done some retail work in the past, and sometimes I felt like people were getting really just caught up in some drama, or there was just some unhappiness. I was like everybody like you know we're we're here to you know we're making cupcakes like this is not you know we're not doing open heart surgery like we're not in a battle zone like we can take it down um a notch and remember like you have some perspective here like we don't need to be so stressed out about this yeah it's funny Uh, I, i remember working for an organization and i mean being in it and you know, it's a large bank and, you know, obviously there's lots of transactions going through and whatever. And I remember one of the, one of the senior people writing a, a message to the, to the sort of point of view that everything we do is life and death. And, and that was almost the day, I wouldn't say it's exactly that day, but that was almost the point where I said, you know what, I don't want to work here anymore. Mm-hmm. Because, and, and, I, and I guess it's, everyone's got their, their thing, but, I mean, work's important. It gives you a purpose. You, you know, you should work to enjoy it as as much as it's not always going to be enjoyable. It's not, the, you know, it's how you approach it. And I, and I'd be guilty of this for years, where, you know, I, I wasn't the happiest person at work, and and I let the work decide that as opposed to me decide my approach to it. But unless you actually have got someone's life in your hands, it's not going to be life and death. So I mean, an airline pilot, a doctor. Um, you know, those sorts of roles, those are kind of closer to life and death, fire, firefighters, policemen, etc. But but a corporate worker inside a corporate business, unless it's got something to do with, again, cancer research or, or whatever it is, I really argue it's not life and death. It's important probably, but, you know, banks banks go down, they still come back up again. Lloyd's Bank went down and came back up again. Um, it, no one, you know, in theory, no one died. I mean, you know, I, I don't know to that level of detail, but you know, it does set a precedence if that's how people 
think of things. Yeah, it's almost like too big of a, it's it's too stressful of a kind of idea to be helpful. I mean, of course, you know, you want to know why the work you're doing matters, but it needs to be within the realm of um, something that's reasonable and actually motivating. Like we work because we help people do X, right? Like our mission mm-hmm. is that we're making X better for our customers. And that should be, in my opinion, kind of what compels no, you. And, and, and as I say, yeah, because the converse is you don't want to have someone that, you know, doesn't take, you know, there's a level of serious, seriousness to your work. And, and I, you're right. It comes back to motivation and purpose and why you're doing it. It's one of the reasons why I joined Hilo is, is, is the why. Um, and and you should do a good a good job while you're doing that. But but if you don't, if the why is not clear, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you say. That motivation is not going to be there. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think your your point's very true. So so tell me about this uh, glucose tool yeah oh so yes yeah, so, so i've been looking at this for a while um the levels thing so this is a um so if you, if you ever do sort of follow guys like um ben greenfield or um dave asprey or any of those sorts of what they call them um self self quantifiers mm. um, looking for the edge yeah um so this this levels thing is actually designed and built by an ex rocket scientist, um, and I say that tongue in cheek. I think he worked for NASA and left NASA to, to pursue this. So this is a continuous uh, glucose monitor, um, and the reason why I'm keen on it is I've I've got the aura ring which gives me some information, but the thing that I really want to fix is my diet, and knowing what affects you negatively. Um, and glucose is a good indicator for that, is what I want to think. But I, I don't want to go and get a, a normal glucose monitor. I want something that someone has already done all the hard work to turn into a product, which is what this is. And and the thing is, you, um, I, I can't get it because I'm not in the US. And at the moment, they're only focusing on the US market. Um, but what happens basically is you get the product and you also pay a subscription. And they take your data and then they they look at what you're you're eating and how it affects your biochemistry, and then obviously tell you which foods to avoid. Um, and what I'm trying to get out of this is I know there's certain foods that I shouldn't eat, and and if I do eat them, I get this sort of lull or downward thing. But often that food, I don't, when I say I know there's food, I just don't know which food it is. So if I have a salad, there might be something in the salad I shouldn't eat, but I don't know if it's the peppers, if it's the lettuce, is the tomatoes, is it the carrots, is it the onions, is it the feta cheese. That's giving me the the thing. So it's a kind of a self-quantifying thing. So um, I was I was going to hope hopefully use your your address to to have the um, the, the device sent to you and then ship it to me. Yeah, um, I couldn't tell. Is it like pre? Okay, so I'm moving in July, so I wanted to talk to you because I couldn't tell. Is it a pre-order or are you? Do you know when it's shipping? That's, because that's the problem. Is it is a, it is a pre-order. It's on a, you're on a list, and if I remember correctly from the the thing I was listening to, it's you're on a list to pre-order, and then they, that queue moves. They kind of add people to the to they move them through the list, like every month. But it's not a set number. Sometimes they'll put ten people, sometimes they'll put a hundred. Mm-hmm. It depends, I guess, on how much product they've built at that time. So you know, I could do it today, 
and they could ship it next year, or I could do it today and they could ship it next week. So it's not urgent by any means. I just uh, I, the thing popped up again. I was like, oh, I must really do something about this. Well, if you think it's going to be a while, I am um, moving into you know the the house we just bought. So presumably I'll be there for a bit. So probably that address <laughs> makes more sense. Yeah, yeah, that would that would make more sense. Yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. No, then 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 I'll I'll when you when you settled, we'll do it. Like I said, there's no rush. Um, you know, I just I just wanted to to sort of put that on my radar to get it going. Gotcha. Do you know what it looks like? I'm thinking like, you know, I, I have friends growing up type one diabetic. They had like a little, you know, uh, square, like uh, almost mm. like a beeper kind of thing attached to them at all times that, you know, had a needle going through. Is it that much equipment? I, I, I think it's very similar. Um, and that's, that's one of the things that I, I, I was trying to dig into before I sent you the link. They used to have a video on how it worked, but the video is gone now. So I don't know if they've changed the product. Um, but yeah, it, in theory, it's something you strap on. It's like a like a. It's not as. Uh, it's not. It's not thick, like two centimeters thick. It's very thin, and it and it's it, and it's kind of um, malleable. And then it goes around your waist, and then the, the needles go into you. Uh, they're not. They're not all the way in. They're just just enough to to get the blood, um, and then you you wear that the whole day. Um, you don't wear it every day either. You wear it when you when you need to wear it. So, but um, I'm on the on the mailing list now, so I'll I'll see as it goes, and I'll let you know when I pull the trigger on it. That's extremely extremely quantified. Um, well, if you think about it, we're going that route anyway. Um, you know, I was talking with a guy yesterday. He's a he's involved with the NHS, and he was asking me sort of, you know, what would you do with the NHS? I said the biggest problem with the NHS. Is it's reactive, uh, you know? It, it doesn't. You, they don't treat conditions proactively. They sort of tell you to go home, take two paracetamol, and call me in the morning. Whereas in South Africa, we we're very proactive. So like my GP gets heavily involved. He won't let you go till he sorted it out. He'll refer you straight to a specialist that day. You know, you would see someone within 24 hours. You know, th- there's a very big focus on getting it out, getting the, the symptoms tackled while they're still early, before they come serious. Whereas the NHS is very much about um, keeping you out of the keeping you cheap, because um, most things I suppose could be dealt with with paracetamol and 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 rest, but they almost by by pushing you away and not doing the investigation, they you could have a serious condition which becomes even more serious because now you haven't been treated proactively. Um, and we're talking about self, well, all, all this, like, like the behavioral things. And I think we've talked about vitality and discovery, which is a medical aid um, here in South Africa and in the UK and, and in the US, where they drive you with behavioral things to improve your health. So, you know, my, my Apple Watch is free because I walk 12,500 steps a day. Um, so I get points for that. Uh, if I go and see a dentist, if I get a flu vaccination, if I uh, go to gym, if I do 30 minutes of hard exercise a day, I get points for all those things. And that drives me to being a healthier person. Uh, in South Africa, it's a lot more mature than the UK. I don't know what the US is like. But here, I, if I go for a cholesterol check, a blood pressure check, um, a, smoky, a smoker's check, HIV test, um, there's one other one I can't think of right now. I get points for all those things. And then once I get to platinum, a whole lot of stuff, like there's all these reward partners, like buying um, 
cross trainers or flying on on certain airlines, I get huge discounts, like 40, 50% discount, 75% discount on active gear. So like Nike, Adidas, whatever, I'll get like 75% off because my status is high. And all they're doing really is saying, if you're a healthy person, you're not going to come into the hospital. So we don't have to pay for you. So it's cheaper to incentivize you with a partner than it is for you to come into the, to see a specialist. Um, and it's, you know, it's things like movies as well. I mean, movies here are about 10 in pound terms, 10 to 15 pounds, um, a ticket. But if you're with discovery, which is the vitality of the UK, we'll pay like two pounds to go watch a movie. Uh, and, and our, and our cinemas here are world-class. I mean, there's, I have, I haven't found cinemas barring maybe one or two that are, are as good, um, from a seats and screens and sound and amenities and you know all that kind of stuff food and all that so it's it's good behaviors which leads to healthy people which leads to they make more money i mean they they're always profitable but uh, as a as a member we get good value out of it so yeah i know i've heard of some of that in the u.s just from you know within people's health insurance plans but i I don't know how common it is. I don't personally, I don't think I know anyone who um, has that. I know like Microsoft and, you know, other big tech companies will do like a health, uh, you know, you get whatever it is. I don't know if it's $500 or you, you can, they give you a stipend for, this is for health. So you can use this to pay for your gym or, you know, an mm. Apple watch or some, something health related. And that's something a lot of companies, um, maybe not a lot, but it's something that um, it's one of those amenities companies will tack on, like a gym membership. Um, is that common yeah. in the UK as well? Yeah. So, so you, it, uh, not like gym is not common, but you'd get your usual things like pension. Um, if you're in a big corporate, you'll get medical. Um, mm. those, things well, because, those in the US are a little bit more. <laughs> we'll yeah, give they, you a gym membership. I, I mean, some of them do. You see, what I what I find interesting about the gym in the UK versus um, South Africa, for example, is the UK has got a lot of small brands of gyms. Um, so you you have like a big one, which would be Virgin Active, for example, or Nuffield. Um, but then you have a little, a lot of small ones uh, like Twenty Four Seven. What's the other one that's near us? At, Anyway, you got a whole bunch of them. So sometimes a gym membership doesn't make sense because you you know you live like where I live in Horsham. There's no Virgin Active nearby, and my office there's no Virgin Active near there. So giving me a gym gym membership to Virgin Active actually doesn't help me because it actually creates more pressure for me to go to gym. So you don't go. So you don't often get those unless, like when I was at JP, um, they had a gym on the seventh floor. That, that you could do, and UBS was the same. We had a gym in, in the new building, so you could sign up at Nuffield, get a good deal, and then you could go to any Nuffield, but but you really, your home gym is inside the building. Um, South Africa Virgin is the biggest gym brand. Planet Fitness is the second biggest, and I think Planet Fitness is in America as well. It is, yeah. Um, now, that's another one that if, if I sign up through my medical aid, the price goes to almost nothing for me. Um, I think I was paying... Um, 800 rand a month so that's about uh call it 40 40 pounds 50 60 dollars for both kirsten and i uh on discovery i pay about half of that 
Um, Those are both a uh, low so, gym so prices. <laughs> now, now, if you took, if you look at what I was paying for my Virgin Active, uh, my Nuffield it, when I was at UBS, and I was on a and I was on a corporate rate, I was paying about a hundred pounds a month just for myself to go on that rate. Mm-hmm. Um, and the full price for my gym was, I think, two hundred a month. Now it was a very fancy, had all the facilities, all the you know, all the cool stuff. But if I was paying for myself, there's no way that I would have paid for it. I'd, I'd go to the local gym down the road, which is about thirty bucks a month. Which is, but but then they don't have things like saunas and steam rooms and ice ice pools and all that kind of stuff, which is what I was actually keen on. <laughs> now with COVID, none of that stuff matters because no one yeah. can use that stuff because it's all, you know, whatever. Um, but what, what, why I was bringing all that up is that I, that I think the so when I got sick last week, uh, I had a stomach bug. And I went to the, the GP and I actually took, I wrote down all my symptoms, but I also took screenshots of all my aura data to show him how my body temperature changed. And he was completely blown away that I had, a, that I knew so much about that. I was actually, I said, look, you can see here, I was feeling ill at three o'clock and my body temperature had risen by half a degree. Now, half a degree on its own means nothing, but that it carried on going up in sort of a, you know, not a not a uh, thirty degree angle, probably about a forty five degree angle, to midnight, and I was at thirty seven uh, and a bit. Um, that's that showed him that I, that I had an infection. Um, and then when I took the screenshots, uh, I didn't take the screenshots again uh, at the next day at four o'clock. But when I looked at it again at four o'clock, my temperature had come back down to normal. But it, it, you almost saw the twenty four hour bug do the do the actual up and down piece as as I started feeling better. And the medication I took started working, the the impact was there, and I see that kind of stuff not necessarily um, real time to to the medical fraternity, but when you go in with something, having some history of your what are your normals would be really important to decisions that they make about your health. I remember if it was the aura ring or if it was like a specially developed ring, but I remember sort of towards the beginning of COVID, one of the things that some of the premier athletes are doing, I think this came up in basketball, but they were giving them rings for like early COVID. They were mm. trying to use it as like an early COVID detection that, that was, um, device. That was, that was aura. Um, the other thing that, that changes is your heart rate variability. That goes up and down. Um, so mine mine also changed, like a second. And it was that because you, I actually signed up for the, the – um, Research thing. So all my data is going into that as well. Um, so so it's definitely, yeah, it's it's the right thing to do. It's the same as uh, I do a thing with uh, vitamin D. I've got an app on my phone called, um, what's it called? D-Minder. And when I go for a walk outside, it checks my, uh, I just turn on that I'm walking outside. And I sort of say how much clothing I'm wearing, like how much cover I've got on. And then what the cloud cover is. And then it calculates my UV exposure, and that also works out my uh, IUs of, of D, vitamin D. And that also goes into a research thing. Um, and, I, and I can honestly say, since we've been back in South Africa, one of my mood has changed. My wife always says my mood changes when I'm here. And I said to her, the reason why my mood changes is because I'm getting so much more sunlight than when I do in the UK. And I think that's, you know, I've not. Uh, it's, it's called SAD, um, sensory... Yeah whatever it's called. Whatever Seasonal affective disorder. That's it. And uh, so when we do ever get back, I will be buying those Philip lights that, that generate uh, vitamin D inside the house. Um, 
because I think that that makes a big difference. Yeah, I mean, um, living in the north, uh, I think it's I supplement. Uh, I just supplement with vitamin D. Um, it's really hard to get enough from the sun. And then even in the summer, I'm always wearing sunscreen. So, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's an important vitamin, um, easy to get low on and not really be aware of it. But the app yeah, is this- super interesting because you always wonder, like, you know, you know, you can get it from the sun. But how do you really know how much you're getting? Well, and, and this is the interesting thing. So you can get it from the sun, but you only get it at certain part, times of the day. Because if you think about, like you know, in the hemisphere now, so you're in the summer months, I'm in, I'm in winter. So the Earth's rotating, is, it's got a, 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 slant, a slight tilted. So while it's spinning, and, and depending on where you are in your seasons, your angle of attack for the sun will change. So in, in summer here, um, we can you can get enough UV from seven in the morning till six in the evening, but in winter that window is so small right now it's like nine forty five till two o'clock. So there's no point going for a walk in the sun before or after that because you're actually not getting any any vitamin D. Your body's not generating anything because that your your angle is about thirty degrees. So like if I go for my walk like like a, you know today for example I've had back to backs the whole the whole mid middle of the day. Um, I actually moved a meeting to later in the day so I can go for my walk in the sun because if I go after our call now, it's too late. The sun's already out, out of the out of range. Even though it's bright outside, um, the generation's too low. You're only getting about one UV or two UVs, which is too low. And is that something you see in the app that it gives yes. you a time range? Yeah, so, so I'll tell you right now. Um, so I've got three minutes left. I'm going to put this up to the camera so you can see. So you see that there's a, you can see the sun on a dial, on, mm-hmm. a, on a half moon thing. And then below that's a button. And below that it says you've got three minutes left of uh, vitamin D. Um, and and the, sun's, the sun is right now at current angle 30 degrees. So literally it's going to move in three minutes and it'll be out of range. Um, and we're going up to solstice now, which is in 12 days, which means we're now on the other side of, well, we'll be the other side of that curve. So the earth's going to kind of, as it spins around, it's going to go to the right side for us going back towards summer. Um, so that, that, that window will get bigger and bigger again. Um, yeah, it's fascinating. Uh, actually I've been talking with a friend of mine about getting a, a little sensor that measures because this is a pain in the ass. I don't like have to, you know, it, it, it frustrates me that I have to go press a button in an app to go measure this stuff. So what I want to do is get a circuit uh, with a sensor, with a little battery pack, uh, and a little memory card, um, and probably you know as as I build on this, it'll get more and more thing. But basically, I wanted to measure as I walk outside. I wanted to measure how much UV I'm getting. So at the end of the day, I can say, okay, today I got you know 60 minutes worth. Because you, you don't you don't count like driving from the house to the shops, then getting out of the car, walking across the parking lot into the shops, then walking back outside. Now that's only you know three or four minutes, uh, and that's kind of the goal. You know, it's just bonus really. But you know, on on a hot day, um, you might spend the whole day outside. Um, you want that to be automatically measured. You don't, you don't want to sort of stop and start the app every time you come in and out. Mm-hmm. 
and you should be able to get the other thing is the calculating cloud cover it's very subjective it's got like a dial where you pull backwards and forwards yeah. So if I go outside now, it's like, yeah, the clouds are there. It says thick, but these aren't really thick. These are kind of thin. You know, is it 80%? Is it 40% cover? Needs an image recognition component where it can analyze the sky. Yeah. Well, this this is the problem. Hey, stop building a whole AI solution just to measure one one thing. You know, mm-hmm. take a picture of the sky when you when you walk outside, and then it's it's constantly working out how much coverage you got. Phone battery just tanks. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that. So, so I played golf for my birthday, and I had it on the whole time. And um, my battery went from 100% at the start of the round to 20% by the end of the round. So that's in four hours. I basically basically killed it. Um, so yeah, so you got to be, and that's the other reason for getting a little sensor, because a little sensor is probably the size of a quarter, um, and then you need to put a battery pack on it, so you get another quarter battery pack, and you need just to have the memory the memory card. Because I, I actually don't care. I don't need I don't need the data real time. I don't need it every day. But I just want, if the battery lasts 30 days or however long it lasts, at the end of that, I just want to plug in the memory card and get the data. Mm-hmm. The only reason you need the real time is to know that you haven't got enough. And that's what this, this is quite good as well because it's cumulative. So it'll have re- the reporting. I'll show it to you again. So you can see there, uh, let's make sure I'm tilting the right way. So you can see what I've got today, what I've got for the last 30 days, the last whatever, 90 days. Um, I still take a vitamin D supplement for days like today where it's a bit, it's a bit cloudy outside and, and I haven't um, been outside as much. Um, but uh, the next thing, and this is one of the reasons why I wanted the levels thing, is that is something like that to measure your blood markers. Mm-hmm. Is that your blood tells you a very a, a, quite a lot? Yeah, and it's um, yeah, I'm curious about that because it is you know it's not at least uh where I'm at it's not inexpensive if you wanted to get a blood panel you know really mm. check things out that's not generally um you know something you can just casually go and do you know you'd be making sort of an investment to go get everything checked out well it's it's funny you say that because um when my daughter went into the hospital we were chatting to the doctor and he'd worked in the uk for a bit and he, and he actually sent me a, a paper that did a comparison of medical costs per uh per procedure and 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 then and versus quality and south africa comes up pretty high on that um, which we've we've seen. I mean, my, for what my daughter costs to stay in the hospital for three days, I haven't got the final bill yet, but it was relatively inexpensive for the treatment that she got versus what I've seen at the NHS where I've seen the bills for what I got there and I'm going, holy moly, this is expensive. You know, it's just it just doesn't make sense. So to go get a blood panel here would probably cost me $20, not even. Mm. Um, I'd have to pay for the, the doctor's time to write the script to go get it done. So I might pay $40, but it's still not prohibitive. For, for NHS, you're not directly footing that bill, right? That's all no, so, no, so NHS comes out of the taxpayer's pot. Right. Um, but but like I have private or I had private medical there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the reason why you have private medical is to, is to jump the queue. Um if you're waiting, uh, the only the only ones that get priority really are kids, uh, and I think if you're over a certain age, I think if you're over 80, you get priority on procedures. But typically, you're in the waiting queue. 
Um, so if you go private, then you you know you're paying a, a huge amount per month. But then if I want to go and see a like I had my knee done, I saw the guy on the Wednesday had the surgery on the Friday. Um, I had a friend of mine. He saw the guys for his shoulder in 2018, and they did his shoulder in 2021. And for three years, he's basically suffered with a problem with his shoulder. Mm-hmm. You know, so 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 that's that's where you know it depends on your values where where health is. Um, as much as I pay, you know, it's a it's a grudge purchase every month to pay because I paid myself for the medical uh, in the UK at least. You know, it's it, we've benefited from it. In South Africa, you've got no choice, really. Um, there is a government hospital system, but you, you don't have to take a chance. You'd rather pay private. Um, and that's why I say private Private is cost-effective because everyone, pretty much, everyone who's got a decent salary has got medical cover. But there is, like, a government system that covers everyone who can't afford yeah, private. Yeah, but, you know, as my as my my helper says, she she's scared of getting sick because she doesn't want to go to the government hospital. Uh, mm-hmm. And there was there was talk for a while of of a national insurance for the health service, like the NHS. Um, unfortunately, the problem you have here is the corruption. Um, the question is, you know, will they steal the money uh, as as the government, which is a very political discussion. But but from a and and what some families will do depends on on the how wealthy they are, is they will actually put their domestic their domestic kids on their policies, so they get medical cover as part of the family up to a certain age um, and they'll just pay it. Um, you know, like if, like Ellen, if, if we lived here, we'd be, we'd have cover for her and her son. It would, it would just, it would be, she's as critical to our family as, as any other member of the family. Um, and so, same for her son. So it's just, it's just how people operate here slightly differently to other, I suppose as people, you know, different, different cultures, different countries will do different things. Yeah, I know we're way out of scope for the podcast, but it is just interesting to to learn. You know, you're pretty much everything I in detail, like the little details that I know about South Africa has come from from you. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, well, I think it's all relevant because you know, I'm it, it's relevant to our digital nomad sort of story mm-hmm. in the sense that you know, if we were here for a short period of time, two month holiday. A very different mindset to now we're here for six months maybe a bit longer um so our decisions were slightly different i mean the irony for me not irony we we were we, we worried about this hence why we did it but you know when we came out here we were on travel insurance that only lasted 90 days um when we got the sense we're going to be a bit longer we took out insurance medical insurance and there's a waiting period of three months um and to the day my daughter got sick on the 1st of June, that was the end of the waiting period. So if she got sick on the 31st, they wouldn't have covered any of her stuff, whereas she was sick on the 1st, so they covered all of it. Um, and, th- and this sort of feeds into if you're going to do this kind of stuff, you need to, you need to prepare appropriately. Um, and, and as I say, we've benefited from, from knowing the country and the culture to what to do. Um, yeah, so it's worked out for us. And are you are you dual citizens? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when we when we um, my grandma was born in Kent, so I had an ancestral visa. Uh, so we do, you got, you got to do five years of living in the UK, and then you can you get uh, a permanent residence, and then one more year, and you get your passport. Um, so if we wanted to get back to the UK, we can go back to the UK. It's not like we we're worried about 
that. So we had friends that were here where she's the, the wife at least is going through her five year um, claim on the permanent residence. So she's got to be very careful how long she spends out the country um, because they'll take it. You know, they'll make a restart uh, mm. on that. So, so those are things to bear in mind. And one of the reasons why we kept our passports is, um, besides the pride factor, is if I go into certain countries, it's actually better to go in on a South African passport than it is to go in on a British passport, hmm. um, like Turkey, for example. Um, so, you know, we're, we're talking now about how do we get back to the UK and still, and I'm still able to work. And we're looking at the countries that are – because they've got this traffic light system – we're looking at the countries that are either amber or green, where our passport, either passport works for us, that we can get into it and then still get out if we need to. Because if, if we need to get back to the UK, you know, I, I can go to the UK embassy and say we need to get back and they'll help us get back because we're citizens. Mm-hmm. All righty. Thanks, Sam. Yeah. Talk to you on Wednesday or will you be available then? Uh, yeah, probably. Should be fine. Uh, I'll drop you a text if we're not. Okay. Okay. Thanks for that. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Heather Bicknell is our producer and editor. Thank you, Heather, for your hard work on this episode. Please subscribe to the series and rate us on iTunes or the Google Play Store. Follow us on Twitter at the DWW Podcast. The show notes and transcripts will be available on the website www.digitalworkspace.works. Please also visit our website, www.digitalworkspace.works, and subscribe to our newsletter. And lastly, if you found this episode useful, please share with your friends or colleagues.